Hello, and welcome to Heavy Content, the podcast where I watch everything with a fat person in it and tell you if it's going to keep you up all night. It's your host and fat best friend, Sam, here to present to you episode number five, The Fat Girl in Love. So today we're going to be exploring this mythical phenomenon by exploring This Is Us and My Mad Fat Diary. Obviously, there are so many other examples out there, and I could have talked about like Hairspray, Sierra Burgess, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, but I wanted to focus on This Is Us because I've been asked by a lot of you to talk about it, and I think it's a complicated representation of fat love. I also want to talk about My Mad Fat Diary because this was a pivotal TV show in my life. I freaking loved it. Um, So yeah, we're going to explore those two examples of this really fun and complicated trope about the fat girl in love. All right. So before we start talking about Ray and Kate, I'd love to take a couple moments to tell you about a great funding opportunity. So since 2013, Story Hive has funded production, supported emerging filmmakers with mentorship and support from the National Screen Institute, and brought hundreds of films to life from creators in BC and Alberta. Until December 4th, Story Hive is seeking Indigenous stories through the Indigenous lens. Apply to the first ever Story Hive Indigenous Storyteller Edition for a chance at a $20,000 production grant plus mentorship and training. For more information, go to storyhive.com or follow them on their social media at StoryHive on Twitter. This is such a cool opportunity. Like, let me tell you, mentorship and money and guidance on how to create your content is so, so important. I'm doing this alone in my bedroom with a budget of like 50 cents. So like get that money, get your stuff, get that guidance, get learned and create cool things. It's so, so important for us as indigenous people to tell our stories and get our stuff out there and to have this opportunity for money and support. It's so cool. So apply or go to their website to learn more. It's a really cool opportunity. I do have some more things to tell you. So first things first, this podcast is now monthly. Womp womp. I know. I'm sorry. I tried to make it happen every other Wednesday, but I really, really dropped the ball. Now I'll be releasing a new episode the second Thursday of every month. Producing and hosting your own podcast is really freaking hard. And I've been teaching myself the ways of audio editing, as you've probably heard and noticed. So this learning curve and my schedule have told me that once a month is what's going to happen. The silver lining with this is that it gives me more time to prepare and do research and all that fun stuff. So once a month on the second Thursday, I'll be here for you. Speaking of my busy schedule, I had a really fun weekend uh, at the Vancouver Podcast Festival. I was truly blessed to be a special guest for the live recording of Pop This at the Rio Theater. So if you don't know, and if you don't know, where have you been? Pop This is um, a feminist pop culture podcast and is hosted by my two new favorite people, Andrea Warner and Lisa Christensen. We got to sit down in front of a huge live audience at the Rio and talk about Misery. Um, If you don't know what Misery is, it's um, a film adaptation of Stephen King's novel starring Kathy Bates as the formidable Annie Wilkes. It's a good and funny adventure and you should take out your cockadoody phones and give it a listen while you're at it subscribe to pop this and rate them on itunes or else 
I was also supposed to be a part of the mini Harry Potter fest during the podcast festival, but unfortunately the ugly side of my health reared its ugly head and I was hit with a migraine. I am so sad. I miss this. I am truly sorry. My brain malfunctioned and I really wish I could have been there to nerd out all in all. I would say the podcast festival was amazing opportunity and I'm so thankful that it happened and I got to be a part of it. Um, it was a great job to Doxa and all the organizers of the festival for making it happen. If you're wanting more good content and you're a Vancouver local, make sure to check out the Doxa documentary film fest in May. Oh yeah. On top of all this really cool and amazing stuff that's been happening. I also quit my job and cut my hair. So welcome to Scorpio season population me. Um, it's been fucking wild. So I think before we like jump into talking about this is us and my mad fat diary, I keep wanting, I keep wanting to say my big fat Greek wedding, which is a very different show. Um, my mad fat diary, we're going to check in with our nearly canceled Rebel Wilson. Yeah, she nearly canceled herself. So let's do that. If you are new here, Where in the World is Rebel Wilson is a short segment where we check in with our now fat best friend of me, Rebel Wilson. Rebel, my girl, she really dug herself in deep this time. If you haven't heard, Rebel ran her mouth without doing her homework. So she has a new rom-com coming out called Isn't It Romantic? And it's a movie where a woman receives a head injury and wakes up thinking she's in a she's living a rom-com. Um, our dear Rebel on a Halloween episode of The Ellen Show proclaimed that this is the first romantic comedy show starring a plus size lead. Like what? First of all, Rebel, have you seen my life? Just kidding. Um, but Rebel, ugh, Rebel rightly so received some criticism, mostly from black women and women of color who screamed, excuse me, but we've been making these movies forever, i.e. Queen Latifah and Monique. Rebel did a double wrong and instead of owning up to being complicit in the erasure of black women, started blocking Twitter comments. She did the one thing you're not supposed to do when someone's like, hey, um, you made a mistake and we are going to call you out on your mistake. And instead of like listening and reflecting, she just started blocking comments. Um, after a long and public dangling, Rebel finally apologized by saying this, and I quote, let me just find it here in my notes. In a couple of well-intentioned moments, hoping to lift my fellow plus-size women up, I neglected to show the proper respect to those who climbed this mountain before me, like Monique, Queen Latifah, Melissa McCarthy, Ricky Lake, and likely many others. Uh, not to split hairs here, but what does likely many others mean? Like Ribble, <laughs> Ribble, Rebel, my dude. Get it together. Before I have to rename the segment, I already have like theme songs on back order. I can't afford to make another one. Get your shit together so I don't have to cancel this. Also, I think what annoys me most about this is this that she like didn't do her homework. And I think that speaks to the privilege and confidence of white people in general. I haven't touched on it a lot because trust me, I have some ideas for future episodes. But as much as fatness unites us as fat women and people, together in a shared experience, it doesn't erase the multiple levels of intersections that occur within marginalized peoples. So, for example, 
I'm a fat Métis woman. I'm also light-skinned and often white-coated. So more often than not, I move through the world without facing out-and-out blatant racism because of what I look like. I do, however, as a fat woman, move through the world navigating that space constantly. But my experience is different than a fat white woman's, definitely 100% different than a fat black woman's experience or a fat trans person's experience, you know? White people... I feel like don't have to think of the road that has been paved before them because everything on this earth, it seems, was created to cater to them. It's erased over and over and over again the roads that were paved for white people and the fact that they come from the labor and hard work of people of color. This is true in music, film, comedy, really like any sort of media or entertainment we consume. So Rebel saying that she is the first plus-size woman to star in a rom-com. She's just carrying on a tradition, and I think everyone is really, really fucking tired of it. Of course, this isn't meant to start, like, a race to oppression or, like, make it seem like there's this, like, competition between marginalized identities. I truly believe that if we can be open and frank about our privileges and how our lives are lived, we can start looking at ways our stories intersect in solidarity instead of having to constantly remind people of their privileges in order to even have a frank and honest conversation, you know? Anyway, rabble. I hope you learn because I don't want to have to cancel you after five episodes. Um, that would be tragic. Also, I don't have time to make a new segment and my roommate doesn't really have time to make a new theme song. So rebel, you like really need to get your shit together. (sighs) Anyway, this has been where in the world is rebel Wilson. Oh boy. Let's talk about love. All right. Let's get something straight before we jump into this. First of all, I'm not romantic love's biggest fan. I think that romantic love is overhyped and makes us forget that we can receive fulfilling love from so many other places. It makes us value our romantic partners over our platonic relationships. And honestly, it's a freaking life ruiner. Date me. I'm single. But for real, I have problems with this boring, normy-ass, heteronormative, forced monogamy that we have shoved down our throats from birth to death. Again, date me. I'm really fun at parties. But besides my feelings about romance as a concept, man, do I crave it. I mean, like, sometimes I crave hand-holding and kissing and all that, like, lovey bullshit that act makes me want to, like, vom most of the time. Why do I crave it? Well, because romantic intimacy is a normal thing to want, and also because I've been left out of a romantic narrative my entire freaking life. (sighs) Being a fat woman, you're raised with one mantra, and I'm not fucking kidding about this. Your mantra you are raised with is that no one loves a fat girl. It's this, and this alone. And this is why I wanted to make this episode. I wanted to look at two examples of fat girls in love and talk about how they're good and bad and how even these depictions that are wrought with complications feel like a small victory. For once, I just want to see someone like me fall into a simple and warm love. Because in real life, falling into simple and warm love as a fat woman is an uphill struggle. Also, you'll probably notice that both the examples I chose are two fat white women falling in love with white men. 
This does not mean that there aren't examples of women of color falling in love on screen, but that is another episode. I have plans, big, fat, exciting plans for that episode. But also, if we remember Rebel, there's a huge history of erasing the work and stories of fat women of color in the media, and I'm not aiming to be on Rebel's team for this. So I'm only going to talk about This Is Us and My Mad Fat Diary until a very exciting episode happens. In the meantime... In the episode description for this episode, I will link amazing lists and pieces that women of color have written about the history of fat women of color, women of color in film, and I will link some movie suggestions and whatnot. Sound good? Okay. So, fat girls in love. Let's get into it. All right. I want to start talking about fat girls in love by talking about This Is Us. So This Is Us is an American dramedy created by Dan Fogelman, and it premiered on NBC in September 2016. It received a lot of accolades for its representation of life, love, family, and all those other things. It stars Milo, Venti Americano, Mandy Moore, Chrissy Metz, Sterling K. Brown, and some other people. It's been acclaimed for its dedication for showing diverse storylines. It's been nominated for a bunch of things, yada, yada. You can really just type its wiki and read more because I don't want to keep reading from it. (sighs) But mostly, I want to talk about Chrissy Metz's character, Kate Pearson. But if you tune into anything for this TV show, you need to see old Mandy Moore with a lot of, like, prosthetic makeup. It is fucking wild. Anyway, so, Kate. Kate is your classic fat woman on TV. She hates herself, her body... And throughout her house has these, like, post-it notes to aid in her, like, disciplined diet. So, you know, she just, like, wants to lose weight. Her character is basically a huge trigger warning sometimes. Her biggest goal that I can suss out is that she wants to get gastro bypass surgery. Fucking yikes, my dudes. Like, yikes. (sighs) So she meets her love interest in a weight loss support group. Um, Enter Toby, played by Chris Sullivan who, for this series, wears a damn fat suit. I didn't know this until I started looking it up. I just thought he was fat. Like, I, I had no idea who Chris Sullivan was. Sorry, Chris. Um, but I guess he just, like, wears a fat suit for this plot. Uh, I just, like, don't even know anymore. Like, I just fucking give up. But anyway, Toby... Chris Sullivan wears a fat suit. Um, so she meets Toby in a weight loss support group, which I've been calling sad camp for fatties. Um, and she, they have like this instant attraction to each other, but she's like super resistant to it. Um, and his charm, I guess, because she says, she says she can't fall for a fat person right now because she's trying to lose weight. To which Toby replies, well, I guess I'll lose the weight then. Wow. 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 Okay. To be very honest with you all, um, like, let's just be very honest and real and frank with each other. I haven't been able to get through a lot of this show um, because it sucked and also... Um, it made me really fucking mad. I mean, I guess it's supposed to be honest to how people feel like, but this is like, is this the representation we need? Like, is this the diversity representation of bodies that we really need? A self-loathing fat woman who can't love a self-loathing, like self-loathing fat man. Yike. 
Anyway, they do eventually get married in later seasons with him proposing at the hospital. <sighs> like, uh, just this gives me a headache. Ugh. There are some, like, real moments in their relationship that hurt a lot. Like, there's a scene where Kate and Toby are eating at a restaurant, and Toby runs into his thin and conventionally beautiful ex-wife, and Kate is shocked. She thinks it's a joke um, because how on earth could a beautiful thin woman love a man like Toby, the man she feels like she's settling for, you know? Um, Yeah, like... That's so, that's such a real thing when you start dating someone and like, if you're a fat person, you start dating someone, you see their ex and their ex is like what you consider to be thin and attractive. Like you kind of just like look at yourself and you go, but like, why are they dating me? How could they be attracted to me? And that's tied to so much internalized fat phobia and bullshit that like, it actually like really hurts your head. Um, the show is just like a super painful push and pull of things that hit you close to home combined with stories that we just need to stop telling. Like, is it so hard to show a fat woman falling in love without being so damn difficult? Like, I get it. It's hard. I know. I'm a fat woman that dates. I'm a fat woman that's been broken up with, that's had to break up with people, that's been rejected. Like, Dating as a fat woman is hard. We get it. Stop shoving it down our damn throats. Like, romance as a fat woman is a minefield of, like, a lot of things, like, running into your partner's thin, hot exes and wondering what they see in you. Like, I get it. But having a character with so much potential, like, Kate has so much potential, and then she's so, like, self-loathing, it's so hard to watch. Like, they could have done so many amazing things with her character, but she's just stuck in the sad fat girl box, and she can't, like, they just, like, will not let her get out of it. She has these, like, little moments of, like, self-realization and, like, confidence, but she's always just stuck in the box. And, like, I understand that there are arguments to be had here, and, like, the main arguments being, like, well, Sam, like, this is life. People struggle with their bodies. They struggle to, like love themselves. I'm sorry. If you hear like a bunch of shuffling, that's just me trying to move around because my foot's falling asleep. Um, but yeah, like I get it. Like there are arguments that this is life. This is like what a, like a normal struggle for a fat woman and et cetera, et cetera. But like, let's break this down. Let's break it down. She met her love and, uh, fucking fat person support group for the love of God. Where does that happen? Like I have been a card carrying member of the fat club, like literally since I was a fat baby and never have I got my like invitation to like sad fatties anonymous. Like this, like this doesn't exist. Just like why, why? Um, I am, there are like, this is hard for me to say. This is hard for me to get out and admit to you. But there are some parts of this story that make me like a little bit happy. And so like I am happy that this show shows two fat people falling in love because like when do we ever get to see that? But their entire love is based on their fatness. 
We are rarely allowed to see fat people in love without their fatness being the center of their lives. Like, I guess I just wish I could love, like, could see love with a fat woman and the fatness not be the center of how she exists. Like, obviously, living in a fat body that really, like, builds the borders of how you live your life and navigate the world and, like, fatness is a part of your narrative. But I just wish we could see narratives of love and like intimacy that aren't just centered on fatness being traumatic, being bad, being a barrier in achieving that love. Like, I just want to see it in a more normal way. Like, obviously, like loving as a fat person is difficult because you're very conscious of beauty standards. You're conscious of how fat is stigmatized and you're conscious of desirability politics. But on the other hand, like you're also falling in love with someone like you, you have feelings for someone and there's just like very little mention of that actual aspect of falling in love, whatever that means. Cause I'm like very cynical. Um, but it's always like falling in love, but you're fat and, you know, that's traumatic in this story. I don't know. Like, I don't know if I'm being, like, I'm making the most sense, but it just, like, really bothered me. Like, I, I, was, I was so happy to see two fat people falling in love, minus Chris Sullivan being in a fat suit. But I was, like, so happy to see two fat people falling in love. And, of course, it just all has to be about how fat they are. Like I said in the beginning, I would just like love to see a simple and warm love for a fat woman. It would be like amazing to see love that isn't centered on our fatness. Like, I just want to see a story where a fat woman falls in love with someone and her fatness is like the third or fourth or fifth plot point, you know, like, why is it such a struggle all the time just for like good representation, good stories, good ways to see yourself on screen? Like I get really, really tired seeing stories that center bodies like mine being the constant site of sadness and struggle, you know? And this is on so many different levels. This like goes on fat bodies. And this is also for indigenous stories as well. Like indigenous people like we rarely get stories that aren't centered on trauma and sadness. And like, I just want more and I want to stop being exhausted by media. (sighs) Anyway, on the flip side of this, I want to talk about my mad fat diary, which is like a fucking gem in the world. But before we do that, we're going to take a little break and talk about some skincare. Welcome to A Fat Girl's Guide to Skincare. This one's going to be pretty short because I want to make sure to talk about my Mad Fat Diary and I don't want to create another like nine hour long podcast episode. So I'm going to try and keep this one 
to 40 minutes or below, but I really wanted to get in the little skincare bit here because that's, um, had a lot of really positive responses and thank you for being so supportive of this new segment and being like super down to talk about something I really care about and love talking about. Um, I am skipping the terrible and potentially fatal diet tip of the day this time just because I didn't have time to do them all. Um, I know I'm sorry. It'll be back. Don't worry about it. But let's talk about some skincare. All right. So a lot of you have been asking me about setting up a skincare routine, and I keep saying the same damn thing. Um, You don't have to go from, like, maybe washing your face every other day to a full 10-step skincare routine in, like, 24 hours. Trust me, it won't happen. You need to build these things, like, over time. I didn't go from, like using makeup wipes maybe like once a week to like my skincare routine that it is now because my skincare routine now is a bit wild as you know if you've been following me on the social meds um you've seen on my insta I've done a couple stories now for my morning and nighttime routine and they're a bit lengthy you don't have to do that like I'm not saying that to have like good quote unquote skincare you need to do these things like take, like make a routine that works for you, like that works for you. And like a big thing for me about skincare is that it's a part of my self-care. And so I really, really, really enjoy a long skincare routine. Like I like it as a part of what I do before I go to bed. And I like it as a part of what I do when I wake up in the morning. Like I really enjoy that time. If it's not something you have time for, or it's not something you even enjoy, then don't do it. Like literally just like make a routine that works for you. And I always say for a good skincare routine, you literally only need three things. You need something to wash your face off. So like before you go to bed, you're washing your makeup off. And when you wake up in the morning, you're washing the oils off your face. Your second step is to moisturize your skin. Moisturizer will get you far, my dudes. Like just invest, like it doesn't even have to be an expensive moisturizer. Like I use a Veen um, for my nighttime moisturizer and it's just a really bland, fragrance-free, like shit I throw on my face and I love it. Um, and the third step in the morning, always, always add an SPF. Sunscreen is so important. Just put some on your face. It's going to help you not get burned. You're not going to get fine lines. And you know what else you won't get? Skin cancer. So yeah, put some sunscreen on your face. Okay. Those are like three steps I think that are super manageable and that most people can do. You can get all the products for, to do a a three-step care routine like this, like really fairly affordable. Like you don't have to invest a lot of money into your skincare routine to have quote unquote good skin. I do it because I enjoy it. I love doing the research. I love pretending I'm a chemist. I've learned a lot by trial and error. Uh, To get the skincare routine I have now that works for me, I also love trying products. I love trying new trendy things. I love like weird face masks. Like this is something I enjoy. If you don't enjoy it, don't do it. Just make sure you take your makeup off or you wash your face at the end of the day. You moisturize your screen, your, your screen, you moisturize your skin and you add an SPF. That's it. All right. 
This has been your super quick, very redacted Fat Girl's Guide to Skincare. Keep checking the Insta um, for stories and reviews of specific products. I really like doing the Insta stories about it. I think it's fun and you can actually see the products I'm talking about. Um, Yeah, so do that. I will make sure to link all the social media and I will let you know what they are at the end of the podcast in the conclusion. So you're going to have to stick around to find out what they are, okay? All right, don't go away at me now. My Mad Fat Diary, like where do I even start? I love this show so much. So My Mad Fat Diary is a British dramedy, again, based on the novel My Fat Mad Teenage Diary by Ray Earle. The TV series follows main character, Ray Earle, a 16-year-old fat teenage girl who recently spent four months in a psychiatric hospital. Ray is portrayed by Sharon Rooney, who will seriously win your heart. Like, let's just get into it. So Ray, oh, Ray is such a good character. Like I love her. She's like problematic, um, but she's like such, she's just 16. Like she is just 16. You watch it and you're like, damn, that is being a teenager. I really wish this show was out when I was a teen. But anyway, so let's just like jump right into the thick of it. So I really want to talk about the relationship between Ray and Finn in this TV show. Um, so Ray gets a massive crush on her friend named Finn, who's played by Nico Mirla, blah, 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 Venti Americano. <sighs> Again, wow, a fat girl falling in love with her friend. What a fucking plot twist. Just at me next time, please, E4, just like at me. Anyway, so Ray has this like huge crush on Finn and Finn also has a crush on Ray and it's probably the most adorable thing on earth earth literally just like I was dying the entire time watching this literally screaming um oh it's just so sweet there are a few things I absolutely love about this fat girl in love plot one is that it's so damn real like so so damn real Ray's feelings for Finn are a mix of teenage crush with the crushing coming to terms with her body but it is never the leading story like it is in this is us Like, Ray is insecure with her fatness, and she's aware she's fat, and she's aware that fat girls get shit on, but this does not ever stop her from having the world's funniest and most accurate internal monologue about how she just wants to make out with the damn boy. Like, she knows she's fat. She knows that, like, she feels like that's working against her, and she's self-conscious that, um, that Finn won't love her back because... Remember the one motto you get as a fat person in life is that no one will ever love you because you're fat. So like she has that working against her, but yet despite all of this, she's so fucking funny, has the best internal monologues, like constantly is just fantasizing about him and like daydreaming and just has all those like really good warm crush feelings. And it's just so great to watch as opposed to like, this is us where their entire relationship, I mean, they are adults and well, I'll let you know what it's like when I become an adult, if it's harder, but like, um, in this is us, their entire relationship is just wrought with like drama and, 
intensity and all this stuff. Like it's just so damn difficult. Ray, it's just so nice to watch because she has a crush on the boy. The boy has a crush back and she's insecure and her fatness is a part of this, but it's not the only part of it. Um, the second thing I really love about it is that her relationship with him is complicated because she feels like she doesn't deserve him. That is so much to communicate in like, in such a short show, like that feeling of not feeling like you deserve someone because you think they're more attractive than you and that they deserve more than you is like, I think it's something every fat person has felt like you're constantly told that you don't deserve love and that you definitely don't deserve love from someone that is considered more attractive than you. And Ray does what we've all done in those situations where we really want to feel these things for this person, um, but are too scared to ever try and achieve them because we don't want to get hurt and we're told we don't deserve it. So Ray does what we all do. She self-sabotages, but she like loves him and enjoys all those like teenage romance feelings. So it's this like really cool and real mix of like seeing that play out where you are just running with those fun dopamine filled feelings for someone, but you are also up against that feeling like they don't deserve you. So you have that complicated tension in your feelings and it's like a whole lot of the good mixed with a whole lot of the bad. And I thought my mad fat diary did an amazing job in showing that. The third thing I really loved was that there was this plot before she started dating Finn um, that she felt competition from her thin, conventionally attractive friend. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. This is so real. So when you're fat, love feels like a finite resource. And thin people have the first dibs on it. So, like, you don't even get to, like, run up to the Horn of Plenty in the Hunger Games um, because you're, like, from District 7 and everyone else is from District 3. Uh, is that a good Hunger Games reference? I really tried. Um, but you feel like love is a finite resource and, um, and that thin people have first dibs on it. And I've definitely, definitely, definitely felt this before when crushing on someone because, like, first it feels impossible because, like, why would they love you? See point number two. Um, second, it feels double impossible because why would they choose you in a sea of thin, quote unquote, attractive people? And third, would they even be able to love you as fully as they would be able to love a thin person? Like these are all the thoughts that like swashbuckle up in your brain and this whole plot where she felt tension with her friend over this boy was just so real because like I felt that having thin friends basically my entire life, um, and seeing someone and having a crush on them and just immediately, immediately, immediately feeling like, oh, like, why would they even look at me when I'm friends with this hot person? And that's obviously, again, internalized misogyny, internalized fat phobia and all those things. And like, it's no joke, like, it's no shock that the patriarchy makes us feel like women are always our competition especially in terms of like heteronormativity and men, like it, men are like seen as a finite resource that you have to fight other women for. And that's like super fucked up. But also as a fat person, when 
love and desirability are already like so far out of your grasp, seemingly so, it makes it feel like it's even more of a competition. Like it's super, super complicated. And I really like that they had this plot point in it in a way that was resolved in a good way. Like her and her friend were still friends and she ends up dating Finn and it's like this sweet, sweet romance. But I like that they had that in there. Um, because it's like, it needs to be talked about, like it needs to be shown in a way that I think was good and healthy, (sighs) man. Like I I just wish I could have had the show as a teenager. It would have made me feel like I wasn't so alone in these feelings. Like, Oh, do you remember teenage crushes? Like, do you really, really remember teenage crushes? They are so all consuming. I remember in high school when I had a crush on someone, they were like my morning and night. I like woke up being like, Oh, am I going to talk to so-and-so today? And like, go out of my way or like change my routine to like walk by their locker and like got so excited if I got to talk to them on like MSN and all these things like teenage crushes are so all consuming. Um, and I wish I would have had this show as a teenager because it would have been nice to see another fat teen girl in love. And it would have been double amazing to see a fat teen girl in love, get her crush, like have those feelings reciprocated. Um, And I love the innocence and simplicity of their relationship and it feels good to watch. Um, It hurts sometimes because you're just like, damn, that is too real. But like, it just felt nice to watch. And like, I just really love that she ends up with her crush. Like in what TV show or movie do we see this? Like, and this is us. Kate ends up with someone she met at sad fatty support group and struggles with loving him. And MMFD, Ray ends up with her hot crush. This is true inspiration. Like, this is goals because more often than not, we are not allowed that sort of story. Like, fat people, we're not allowed to, like, end up with the person we're pining for because we're always seen as someone that's constantly pining. Like, you're always wanting what's out of your grasp because society and the world is so good at telling you what you can achieve and what you can achieve, and it's no different for this. So it was just really wonderful to see her have her feelings reciprocated from her super hot crush and he's so conventionally attractive and good looking. And it was like, it's such a low bar. Like it's an unbelievably low bar. And like, obviously like my politics are more complex than like, just being like, "Mm, yes, she got to bone a hot man, obviously. But it's just like, it's refreshing to see on screen because we're not awarded those representations. Like we're starting at square one. It's really frustrating, but also I loved MMFD because it showed us that it showed us a fat girl getting to fall in love with her crush and it being so simple and sweet and beautiful. And I loved it. All right. So we are coming up to the end of our episode. I have been promising you A 40-minute episode since episode number one, and I think we are there, right? This is like 37 minutes. It's going to be a little bit over once I add in all the theme songs and all that jazz, but this is going to be under an hour, and I think you should be really proud of me because I also had to record this on a pair of Apple headphones because my microphone broke. Anyway, so let's just get into our conclusion here. So... In conclusion, with the fat girl in love trope, let's just let fat girls, let's let fat people love fully. Like, 
It's taken me years upon years upon years to come to the conclusion that I am deserving of romantic love and that I don't live in a love desert and that it's not a finite resource. Um, And of course, like my feelings in romantic love are very complex and like my feelings on like romantic relationships are very complex and all this stuff. We can get into that in a separate episode. Um, But it's taken me years to realize that on a base level, like I deserve love and that's not through any representation in the media because our representation in the media of fat people in love is so fucking terrible that I had to come to these realizations on my own. Um, which is chill. I did it, but you know, like it was no help from any outside representations. It was through learning to love myself, looking at other amazing fat authors and fat content creators and through some amazing friends and support. But it definitely wasn't through TV and movies that, you know, taught me this really valuable lesson. Uh, I'd also like to say, if you have a crush on a fat person, tell them, like, maybe you'll get a makeout. But for the love of God, if you have a crush on a fat person and you don't want to tell them because they're fat, please deal with your shit and don't do, like, the weird thing where you, like, lead them on because you, like, like them but never make out because you're, like, embarrassed to be attracted to a fat person. That literally haunts my fucking soul. Also, is like, very much almost my dating history. Also, very much, I feel like, every crush I've had. Also, let me dangle everybody I've ever had a crush on right now. Let's start with the A's. I'm joking. Um, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Remember, I'm single. So, yeah, I'm joking. I'd be a terrible person to date. <sighs> anyway, thank you for listening to episode number five. Uh, please check out my Mad Fat Diary. You can probably find it and watch it online somewhere. It is so, so good. Um, don't watch This Is Us. It's crap. Um, unless you want to see Mandy more in her like old woman makeup, which is like pretty cool to see. It was a really good job. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening to episode number five. Episode number six will be coming out next month. Um, and I am planning a really cool episode for that one. So make sure to follow heavy content on Twitter, uh, at heavy podcast and on Instagram at heavy content cast. Um, remember the Instagram is where I will do product reviews. I'm also going to start showcasing some other cool fat content creators. Um, again, huge thank you to Vancouver podcast fest for having me be a part of it this year. And thank you to pop this for letting me be your special guest to talk about misery. I can't wait to see you all next month. Content, content, content. Thank you.